You're listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. Paradox Church is a Jesus-centered community where our motto is, Come as you are, no perfect people allowed. For more information about our service times, location, and to get connected with us, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Have you ever gotten a gift and not seen the value of it at first? For years, my grandma would give me batteries for Christmas every single year without fail. You could count on it. And as I remember, as I would excitedly open through all of these gifts that now I don't even remember, I would finally come to that one simple heavy bag. And I knew exactly what was inside. I didn't even have to open it. I didn't have to unwrap it. There was nothing to see there. You could just move right along. And it's been a couple years now since grandma passed, and I don't get batteries for Christmas anymore. Looking back on it, the gift I never would have bought for myself was the one that I never had to. It was just there, consistently. The gift I felt like I could have done without proved to be the most useful. And the gift I least looked forward to getting was actually one of the most memorable, memorable ones of all. It's a gift that was never on my list. That even felt a little impersonal at times. Has now become a meaningful picture of her love for me. Her presence with me. 2020 hasn't exactly been the year any of us would have asked for. Hasn't been the year that any of us would have wanted. We've missed our normal life, our traditions, the simple pleasures of life that we took for granted. We've dealt with disappointment, the loss of a job, feeling surrounded by uncertainty, and we're looking for hope. We've gone through homeschooling, racial tension, political unrest, and all we wanted was a little peace. We've experienced anxiety, fear, depression, sickness, and and mourned the loss of loved ones. Now, more than ever, we're longing for joy. We've been locked down, disconnected, isolated, and all we need is love. Maybe we've even come to the end of this year questioning God's presence in our present reality. Sometimes, though, the things we never asked for in life hold God's greatest gifts to us. The gifts of hope, peace, joy, and love. The gift of God's presence in our present, our past, and our future and in a person, Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, the greatest gift of all, if only we'll unwrap it. Hey, good morning, Paradox. How are we? Good. So um, 2020 is, is just relentless, just relentless. Uh, just, before, uh, just before the service started today, Mark Gordon in his awesome way, comes up to me, you know, British accent. Dave, are you presenting today? I'm sorry, Mark, I'm probably not doing a great, uh, great British accent. <laughs> are you presenting today? I said, yeah, yeah. He goes, I have a, I have a personal matter to talk to you about. <laughs> and I, he, he's like, your pants. You need to go into the bathroom and look at the back of your pants. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to try not to turn around a whole lot today um, because 2020. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've got, I've got a rip in these pants, so 
Hopefully, Christmas can't come soon enough. I'm hoping to get some new jeans for, for Christmas. I was looking for last-minute gift ideas. Uh, but in a real way, I mean, now, now I've just drawn attention. You know, what do you do? Do you draw attention to it? Do you not draw attention to it? I don't know. Um, so I've owned it now, and hopefully just try. Try to, try to not look, all right? Um, but in a lot of ways, this is like this, ugh, this just exemplifies everything that 2020 is. I, I mean, it's like it, you, you keep thinking, it, well, it can't get worse. We've reached the bottom, and then something else happens. You wake up again. And there's more that goes on. Even last Sunday, I, I feel like last Sunday in a lot of ways was, a, was just a, man, I, I, I almost don't want to say it because I, I, I feel like the second I say it was a new low, there's something else that's going to happen that could be an, a, another low. And what I started feeling even last Sunday was, I, I don't know if I shared this with you all, but like Rocky Four, anybody seen Rocky Four? It was just like, man, like 2020 has been Drago and I'm feeling like Apollo Creed. And there's like this certain point where you just keep blasted and blasted and, and everybody else around you is like, stay down. And you're like, yeah, I think maybe I should just stay down. I, I think that I'm not alone in that, that perhaps at some point, if not in the last week, over the last nine months or so, every one of us has felt at some point, I think I just want to stay down. How, how much more can I possibly take? How, is this, how, how could it possibly get any worse? And on, on the flip side, how could this possibly get any better? We start to feel hopeless. We're waiting, and it's exhausting, and you're overwhelmed, and, and it's like, man, how, when, when, God, how much longer do we have to wait? And then we enter into this season called Advent. And Advent is a time of waiting. It's waiting. And the last thing that I want to keep on doing right now is wait. I'm actually, I'm a pretty impatient person. And maybe you are, uh, you're, you're with me in that as well. But I don't want to wait anymore. And it's not even just about want to. I don't know how much longer I can wait but like I said, over the course of the last week or so, God has been really challenging my ideas of what it looks like to wait. The gift that he has for me in the waiting and what he wants to do. And that's what we're going to unwrap here over the course of the next few weeks and today. So would you pray with me as we get going this morning? Father God, we look to you. We wait for you. Even in these moments, God, we give everyone and everything to you. As we exhale, God, I just pray that we would exhale every anxiety, every care, every stress, every disappointment, every hurt, God. We just open up our hands, open up our hearts to let go and receive you. I pray that our hearts would be ready ready for the gift of your presence. Here in this morning, right now in this season, God, in our lives, every day, no matter what we're going through, God, your presence with us is the greatest gift of all. You bring so much goodness, God. I just pray that we would receive that here today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
you just can't live without hope, can you? I've been feeling that. I, I think that most of us have. Like, what, the longer we go, the more exhausted, overwhelmed, tired we start feeling. The Bible actually says in the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, that hope deferred makes the heart sick. There's, a, there's this period, right, where, where you, you start out and you're like, that's all right, it's going to get better. Things are going to turn around. I remember way back, like as I'm just reflecting over the course of this last year, I think it was March, March, yeah, when we first started hearing about coronavirus. And um, I remember sitting in an LMT meeting, our, our management team uh, here, here at Paradox, um, and it was, it was then I was like, all right, that's fine. We're, we're going to shut down for a little bit and do this virtual thing, but I'm going to be pretty upset if we don't have Easter in the building. <laughs> right? But I really meant, like, from that vantage point, I was like, I don't know how this could possibly go, to e- go until Easter. And then it did. And then it was, you know, it, it's like, well, you know, the weather's going to get nicer and, and, and things are, it's going to go away. And, and then it did it. And then we got into the summer months, and it was like, well, uh, pretty, pretty soon, you know, the kids are going to go back to school and everything. Like, that, that's, it's, it's going to get better. And it didn't. And we keep on waiting and waiting and waiting and looking and looking and hoping and hoping, and it just keeps not happening. And pretty soon, you know, pretty soon you start going, man, I don't, I don't know how much longer I can hope. I don't know how much longer this is really going to last. At what point do I just go, you know what, it's, I can't hope anymore. It's not going to do it. it. When hope gets deferred, our heart starts to get sick. And I think of all the things that it's like to be sick. Nobody wants to be sick. I hate being sick. When you're sick, you don't feel good. Your body can't do the things that it was meant and designed to do. All you want to do is just lay around, right? You're exhausted. You're burnt out. You need to recover. You need a break. Sickness is our body's way of just going like, hey, something's wrong here. And what the Bible is saying in Proverbs is, is something goes wrong in us when hope keeps getting deferred. But that's an interesting thing because how can hope get deferred? Hope is something that we're supposed to have, right? It, it's, it is the waiting, but how can hope actually get deferred? What if it's not, the thing, it's not hope itself, but hope is what our hope is in and how we hope. Because when we put our hope in certain things, those things have a way of not being present and getting deferred and they make our hearts sick. But there is a way to hope, a way to live hope, as First Peter would say, that doesn't make our hearts sick, that is active and real and present right now. And that's what we want to talk about today because often there's a difference between what we say and what we mean. Been in a relationship before, you often know. There's what's said and what is actually meant. It's not what you said, it's how you said it. Well, I, I thought, you know what, as I'm, I'm really, this is one of those messages where like I'm preaching to myself. I need hope. I need it. I come in here today saying, guys, I, like, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I need hope. I, I want to figure out how to get it. I even, you know, I, I talk all the time with, with, I, about counseling. I have a counselor, and this, this week, like, we were going at it. I, you want to see me be a jerk. I, I'm a jerk to Steve, my counselor. Uh, and I, I'm like, dude, you know, I, what, do, what do you want me to do? Just sit around and cry? That's not going to do anything. Like, but really, like, my, my soul needs it. I think that we're all in it. So how do we live in this hope? I want to take a few things that I think that maybe we mean when we say hope and then go into what 
really and truly can hope in. So anytime I want to find out what something means, I go to the dictionary first. And uh, in the dictionary, there's different ways that we can talk about hope. There's different things that we can mean. And here's the first one. Usually when we talk about hope, we are talking about what we mean is something I want. Especially around this time, maybe you're preparing your Christmas list and you would say, I hope to get new jeans for Christmas. I hope to get whatever it is. You have all these things. If you're a Back to the Future fan, maybe you even have a hope chest that you put various items in from one Marty McFly or Calvin Klein, all right? A hope chest, something that you want, a Christmas list. Hope is something that you want or maybe what you thought you would have in 2020. There's all kinds of things as we look back over this past year that we wanted. Vacation that ended up getting postponed. (laughs) normalcy, peace, you know, like, we, we, there, there are things that we wanted. We don't have them right now. And I think when we mean want, when we say hope, what we're actually saying is that my, when, my hope is in what I have. Here's what I want to do. Like, I don't want to say these things like, oh, and see, that's where you're wrong, and all you have to do is stop it. Because I know it's not that easy. But sometimes when I get it down, when I boil it down to, oh, so what you're saying is there's a certain amount of discomfort that I have to feel so that I can go, oh, yeah, I I actually am saying that. I actually am living out of that place. Sometimes the growth happens when we are uncomfortable. So I'm hoping to bring these these things out to you and go like, hey, let's deal with this. Is that what you're really saying? Is that what I'm really saying? Because honestly... Like I said, I'm, I'm working this out for myself. I've found that I've been saying these things in my heart, maybe not with my mouth, but with my heart, with my actions, with my attitude. I have said, hope is about what I have. About what I have. And one of the times that this came out most, most uh, really, I don't know if that's a word or not, uh, I don't think that it, that it is, but... It really came out this past uh, couple weeks, uh, and I, I wrote about it. I do this, I'm st- starting to do this newsletter thing that, you know, if you fill out a Connect card, we send out the devotion, some next steps and things, uh, just usually kind of what God is doing in me, what I'm thinking about, uh, so, so you can get that. But a couple weeks ago, when we were doing parent-teacher conferences, you know, uh, and, and my son's teacher, it's, it's really awesome. Like, school's been going great. We're virtual now. Gwen has been amazing, you know, all of you, man, if you're doing homeschooling, virtual, hybrid, whatever it is, just, just know, like, this is so hard, and you're doing so well, uh, and I, I, I see that in Gwen, and I know it for so many of, of the rest of you as well, this is hard, and you're doing amazing, I know it doesn't feel that way, but uh, we're talking with, with our son's teacher, and, and she's like, man, Josh is a great reader, uh, he, he's, he's doing so well, in fact, uh, he's doing so well that he often helps out some of his other classmates, um, and, and helps them. He's so patient and he's so kind. And like for a second, I was like, oh, that's, that's really awesome. Great. And then isn't it amazing how these things can just twist in, in, in a second? Because I went from, oh, that's really awesome and amazing, in, and on one hand, to hold up a second. What? But who's going to help him? Why does he have to be the one that's, that's helping everybody else out? What about him? Like, how much further, how much faster could he go if somebody would invest and help him? What about him? What, when, when's he going to get his? And immediately, like, I, I went from pride to, hey, hold on a second. 
I, I'm getting gypped here. My son needs something that he's not getting. But Gwen, in, in her awesome way, like hopefully you have people in your life, this is, this is the beautiful gift of community. We, we see things in each other that we can point people back to and go like, hey, what, what you're really saying is this, right? Here's, let me tell you the truth in this moment. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. I don't always want to hear it. In fact, usually I don't. But, but Gwen was like, hey, no, wait a minute. What if, that's not, what if more help in reading isn't the thing that he actually needs? Sure, maybe you might want that for him, and that can even be a good thing. So many of the things that we say, oh, I want this, we, we just we can't wrap our minds around not having because they're such good things. Why wouldn't God want this for me? Why wouldn't God allow this to happen? I want it, and it's good, so why not? And we don't have it, so we start to lose hope. But many times, what we want isn't the thing that we need. And this is like one of the most basic Christmas principles out there. But my heart needs to hear it right now. Many times, the thing that we want is not the thing that we need, because maybe he doesn't really need more help reading. Maybe what he needs is opportunities to be patient, opportunities to be kind, to be a good friend. And maybe, maybe that's actually more important than his reading level. I sat in that for a second. I was like, you know what? Right, that's right. The things that I want aren't always the things that I need. And God knows. He's a good father who knows the things that we need, and he's very, very interested in, in giving you the things that you really need. In fact, he's much more interested in who you are, the person that you're becoming, than he is in the things that are happening to you. And that's not to say that God is always going to let bad things happen to you, that you're never going to get the things that you want. No, he knows the things that you need, and he delights to give you many of the things that you want as well. But the things that we want aren't always the things that we need. They're not always the most important thing. So I was thinking about that. I went to Romans chapter 5, and you can follow along in the YouVersion app uh, if, if, if you have that. The, the, uh, the verses are always going to be up on the screen as well. Maybe you brought your Bible. Uh, if you're at home, you can look that up. Romans chapter 5, we're going to be kind of all over the place today. But starting in verse 2, it says, Through him we've also obtained access by faith into grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope in the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. So we rejoice in, in the hope of the glory of God. So what, what, he, what he's saying is we look forward, we look to the future, we look to the promise, oh, there's going to be glory someday. It's going to happen. There's hope, right? And, and that brings joy. But not only that, he goes on to say, we rejoice in our suffering. So joy in hope of glory, and joy in suffering. Why? Why in the world would you have joy in the middle of suffering? Well, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces, here it is, hope. And hope will not put us to shame. Because God's love has been important to our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. We already have something. And that thing, that person, produces hope as we engage through the whole process. We just want to get to the end. We want the hope. We want the glory. 
But there's this process that when we engage it, as we become the kind of person that is capable of having hope, we start to experience it, and it starts with joy. It starts with joy. It starts with choosing to look at things from a joyful perspective and say, you know what? I know I'm suffering right now. Good. God must be doing something. God is doing something important in me. He's doing something big in me. He's doing something that I need right now, and I can be joyful about that because I have that. There's, there's this cycle that I'm seeing in, in here as we look at this, Man, knowing that suffering produces endurance. When you're in suffering, you have a choice to make. I have a choice to make. I'm going to quit or I'm going I'm to endure. I'm going to make it through. I'm going to get up another day. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on loving. I'm going to keep on investing, pursuing. I am going to be tough, and I'm going to get through. And sometimes we don't... That doesn't sound super spiritual. We don't want to do those, those first steps, but sometimes those are the steps we have to take. We just have to get up and decide. I'm going to keep on going today. It produces endurance, and endurance produces character. We become the kind of people that are tough, that we are faithful. We are good. We are patient. And when we do that, that actually brings hope. Why? Because we become the kind of people that can receive the gift when the gift is ready, when the gift is good, when God gives it. I wonder just how much in life right now is going on, and God is doing something in us. He's preparing us to be people that can actually step into the goodness that he has for us in the future. Instead of sitting here and waiting for what God is going to do, what if we started paying attention to what God is doing right now in us, through us, around us? Because the way that we respond right now is actually going to set us up for what God is going to do in the future. What if we have to become the kind of people, though, that can experience his goodness before we can experience it? Sometimes we're not ready, and it can't happen until we are. And at the end of all of that, what we actually possess is character, and that is the one thing that cannot be taken away from you. When our hope, when our joy, when all of these things are, are put in anything else, that we can lose it, and then we lose our hope, we lose our joy. But we have hope when we have character, and character can't be taken away from you, especially when you say, no, I'm going to endure, I'm going to hope, I'm going to build character, and I'm going to choose joy. One of the ways that I, I'm, I know that God is, is just is, is highlighting to me right now that I can grow in hope, that I can have hope and live in it is by looking at what I have instead of what I don't. Hope comes from looking at everything that I have. And I want, I want to give you four things today. They're going to spell hope. Four things that I hope that every single morning we could sit down together and go, all right, I'm gonna, I, I need hope today. Hey, God, what, I want to thank you for everything that I have. You know, I've, I've, I've been sharing with you just how difficult this, this year has been. I know you know this, right? Um, but in a very real sense, like, being up here, I, I've got this bird's eye view of, of who, who is here and who is not here. And I love you all. And I'm thankful for you. And I'm, I'm thankful for the people that I can't see here. But in a very real way, right, there are people that I love that are not here today for a myriad of reasons, some good, some not so good, some hard. And I love them, and I wish they were here, and, and I, I love all of you, and, and I know that you all feel the same. There are other people that you just you wish, right? 
that they could be here, that they were here with us right now. And in my heart, like, I, I just, I, I get so focused on that, and I'm like, man, no. People, people are going to let you down. People disappoint you, you know. People, people are all kinds of crazy. Whatever the, the, the reason is, I start thinking these things and believing them and going, man, I just, I lose hope. Because it doesn't, it seems like sometimes it doesn't matter what you do for people. They're just going to leave you. Maybe you've felt like that. Maybe you've thought something like that. And you know what? This is always the point where, where you would expect me. You know, oh, here comes Pastor Dave. That's not true. That's a lie. You know what? I'm going to say something shocking. It's true. Sometimes people, family show today, people stink. Okay? They do. People are going to leave. People are going to disappoint you. Things aren't going to work out the way that you wanted them to work out. And I'm, the more I hold on to that, I'm noticing the more offended in my heart I, I get, the more angry, the more frustrated, and the less hope I have. And there was something that actually happened. Like, I, I've been living in denial. There's, there's a certain amount of freedom that actually happens when you go, you know what? They're gone. They left. Was it awful? Yeah. Do you wish that it was different? Sure. But this is what happened. And I could start to mourn that. People were saying to me, man, Dave, you have to mourn. And I was like, what does that even mean? You want me to sit around and cry? Like I said, I, I don't understand. I think that part of, part of mourning that gives birth to hope is just going, this is what happened. This is what's real. And it's what's true. And I can start to open up and let go. And I can also then start to be thankful for what I do have. I was doing a discipleship group meeting this past week. Um, and I was, you know, I, I had out my violin. I was like, my life, it's so bad. You've done this before. You know, like, it's so, I was, I was doing a pity serenade to these guys. They're so gracious. They're, they're you know, putting up with all of that stuff. Um, and it, it, honestly, it was, it was something to do with this. So I was like, you know, it's just, everybody's going to leave. It doesn't matter, you know, what you do for people. They're going to let you down. And um, one of them was like, hey, this. I feel convicted right now, and I, I'm going to be there for you. I want you to know that. Like, you're going to see me. I, I'm, I'm there for you, man. I'm in this with you. And my first reaction was probably what many of ours was. I, immediately, I was like, no, dude, th- this isn't your thing. I'm being a baby. Don't, don't worry about it. You know, you don't have to be there for me. And then an- another one pipes up and goes, that offends me. And this is, oh, man, this is where discipleship group, you know? And I that's, that's like an awkward moment, and I'm like, all right, you know, you're offended. He's like, no, no, seriously, that offends me. I'm like, all right, why? Like, you just said that you don't need him, that you don't need us. And what I realized in that moment is I really, really do. And not only do I need them, not only do we all need people, community, I had it. I had it. And because I wasn't... I, wasn't looking at everything that I had. I was looking at everything I didn't have, every one I didn't have. I couldn't see the goodness of God in his provision of going, look at everything I'm doing. Look at the mighty men I've surrounded you with. God is doing so much. And we lose hope when we choose to look at what we don't have instead of be thankful for what we do. Man, in, Dave, in typical Dave fashion, I've spent like all my time on the first point. All right, so, man, you can be thankful for that one point. And we will move on to the next one. 
So I want to encourage us. Let's be thankful for what we have. That's one of the places that hope comes from. Uh, Another thing that we often mean when we talk about hope is our expectation. Our expectations for what is going to happen. Uh, The classic Christmas Christmas poem, you know, the the stockings were all hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. That's that's not like crossing our fingers. No, it's an expectation. I did this because I think this is going to happen. Sometimes we talk about hope and say it's what I want. Others, it's what we expect to happen. And we had expectations for 2020. We have expectations for life. But what we're really saying when we say, you know what, my hope is tied to my expectations is really and truly, I feel hopeful and happy when I get my way. When things turn out the way that they're supposed to. I go to work. I work hard. Things are supposed to go well for me, right? We, even, we, we, we doll this up in religious language. I come to church. I read my Bible. I do the right thing. Things are supposed to be good for me, God. What the heck? How can you let this happen? I'm a good person. Why do bad things happen to good people? We have all these questions that rise up in us because our hope is attached to our expectations. We all have them. We expect things to go a certain way. But when our hope is attached to that, that's where we get into trouble. I play fantasy football a lot. This is a big, important week. I know you really, really care. It's week 13, (laughs) all right? And this season has not panned out the way that anybody thought that it would. In football, we call that the oblong ball effect. I was going to bring a football. I forgot. Uh, But if if you could imagine a football, it's not round, right? It's, it's like this weird kind of ovally pointy shape. And the oblong ball effect is that at any given point, like if you, if you kick that thing, it can bounce any different way. It can go all kinds of different ways, and you just have to expect that. You have to anticipate that you can't anticipate where that thing is going. And so there's a certain level of opening up our hands and going, you know what, I don't know what's going to happen I don't know where all of this is going. I don't know when it's going to end. I don't have any expectations. I've started to realize that expectation, sure, it can be an okay thing, but it can also be kind of a bad thing. Expectations can be the enemy of possibility. And possibility is a pretty great thing too. When only the things that we expect to happen, happen, that is what we call monotony. That can be a little bit boring. There is spice of life in possibility. In fact, there is actually hope in possibility. Expectation is the enemy of possibility. We don't always know the things that will happen. I want to take us over to the book of Proverbs again. There's all kinds of wisdom in this. That's what what, uh, Proverbs is. Proverbs 10, verse 28 says, The hope of the righteous brings joy. But this is different. Hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the, wi- of the wicked will perish. Saying that there's a difference between what we hope for and what we expect. Expectation is not the same thing as hope. And when we have expectations, we're, we're, we're setting ourselves up for some disappointment in life. 2020 has been an oblong ball. We don't know what's going to happen. 
But listen to what James says about this in James chapter 4, verse 13 to 15. It says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Making plans, right? Yet you do not, you, yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. I just want to pause on that for a second. You don't know what tomorrow will bring. None of us do. There's actually freedom there. I, I know there's, there can be some fear in that as well. But what kind of possibility is there too? When I just pause and say, you know what? I don't know what tomorrow will bring. I can feel hopeless and afraid about that, but I can also feel hope because of the possibility of what tomorrow might bring. I don't know if you've ever done something or had something that wasn't quite what you planned. You never would have chosen it for yourself, but you're so glad that it happened. One of the things that Gwen and I do, we have our 15th anniversary coming up next week. Yeah, excited about that. At least I expect that we do. (laughs) Careful. Um, We have our 15th anniversary coming up, and for the greater portion of our anniversary celebrations, we've always made it, this is, this is a freebie, all right, right now. Make your anniversary weekend special. If you're married, like, just do something. Celebrate it. Get away. We have always, like, anniversary weekend is a, night, is, is a weekend that we just set aside and we're like, we're going to have fun. It usually includes, like, movies and popcorn and sleeping in and breakfast at Denny's and stuff like that. It's just like... Yeah, like it's so simple. And we used, to, we used to set aside money all year so that we could go out somewhere really, really fancy for, to celebrate our anniversary. And I, I don't know what kind of budgets y'all live on. We're, ours, you know, when we, usually when we go out to eat, we're looking on the cheaper side of the menu, okay? You have any specials? That's what we're asking about. Uh, so what it ended up feeling like is we did that all year long and then we got to our anniversary when we want to celebrate, we go out somewhere really, really fancy and we're like, all right, well, do you have any specials? I'll have the water, please. Ice is extra. All right, no. You know, like that kind of thing. Uh, And one year, we went to Cleveland, by the way. (laughs) Anniversary weekend in Cleveland, yes. To see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, it was very special to me. She's an awesome wife. Uh, But we're in Cleveland, and we're like, where are we going to eat? We don't know. We we have no idea where we should eat. And so the only thing that we could find was Outback Steakhouse. And we went there, and let me tell you, like, on less money, we ate like kings. I was like, what's your your best steak? I'll have three. You know, like, it it was amazing. And starting with that year, I think that there, there has almost never been an anniversary weekend where we did not go back to Outback Steakhouse. Because sometimes the things that you never would have chosen for yourself end up being the thing that is so much better than anything that you would have expected. That's the beauty of possibility. And that can bring hope. Expectation can be the enemy of, possi- of, of possibility. But possibility brings hope. And what we have to do is we have to get into a place where we go, all right, you know what? I'm not going to expect anything. There's no such thing as should happen. But I'm just going to stay open. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. We can, again, I, we, we could go all down this rabbit trail and go, like, wait, is it wrong to make plans? No, it's not wrong to make plans. But expectation can set us up for hopelessness. 
It can set us up to, to not be open to possibilities. And I want to put myself in a position every single day where I go, God, I thank you for what I have, and I want to be open to whatever you want to give me today. H, oh, thankful for what I have, open to possibilities. And then third, many times when we talk about hope, we actually mean what we intend to do. Today, I hope to win my fantasy football matchup. Actually, I probably will because I'm playing Rory, who's in last place. (laughs) (laughs) Just had to throw that out there. You can talk to him about it later. Bring it up in counseling. <laughs> um, so, but I hope, I hope to do that. I hope to be in the playoffs. We, our hope is what we intend to do. 2020 has messed that up in all kinds of ways because we can't make any plans. I can't tell you just how many times I have sat in a staff meeting, and you've probably had these too, whether it's a family vacation or a business meeting or anything else, your daily planner. Ha, huh, that was a bad investment, right? <laughs> 2020 daily planner, worst investment you could have possibly made. Wow. Sitting there, you're making plans. I literally, Mike and I have filmed videos that by the next morning were completely irrelevant and we never showed them to you. That's, I mean, seriously, it's happened more than once. It's a joy. Oh, (laughs) it really is. Because we can't make any plans. And what, we say, what we're saying when, when our hope is t- attached to our intention, we're saying is, I feel hopeful as long as things go my way. As long as I get to do what I want to do. I'll feel hopeful about that. Man, I can't tell you how many times I've said that one, really. I remember I was walking. You ever have those moments where you just like, you remember where you were when you said this, when it happened. I was right out those doors, and I was walking over here, and I was just frustrated. It was the middle, in the middle of this whole pandemic thing, um, and I was walking back over there, and I'm, I must have, I don't know, got a notification or something about more lockdowns or something. I don't know what it was, but I remember I was just like walking and praying, and I was kind of doing it out loud, but kind of under my breath, and, and I go, God, Just tell me what to do. Just tell me where this is going. What does all this need to look like? And I I will lead there. I will. That's where we'll go. Just tell me where we're going. And it's one of those like sometimes when you when you shut your mouth when you're talking to God, you can actually hear Him talk. A lot of times we don't hear Him because we we do all the talking. So and and I shut my mouth for a second, and it was only a second, but I heard God say, "And that's the problem. That's the problem." Because we get so wrapped up in our own plans, in what we're going to do. I even get wrapped up in the destination of where we're going. God said, that's the problem. If I tell you where you're going, then you're going to go there your own way. And you can't get there your own way. I never would have chosen COVID-19 for a lot of the things that God has wanted to do in us, in our church. This This is not the path that anyone would have chose. And when we see that, when we see the destination, we start charting out our own path. It's in our nature. It's what we do. This is why, like, sometimes we, we, we get so frustrated with God. God, just tell me where all this is going. He goes, no, I just, I, I want to give you one step because I want you to trust me. I want you to stay with me, my time, my way, because it's the only way. It's the best way. And if I tell you where this is going, you'll get your, you'll try to get there on your own. You'll try to go your own way, and and it won't work. You can't do it. 
I can't lead this. Dave, me, I can't lead Paradox where we need to go. Jesus can. And I want to every single day go, all right, God, I, I give you every one of my best laid plans. All of the things that we want to do, the, the, the amazing dreams, goals, plans that Rory's talking about, I want to lay those down and go, God, I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the people that you, you have put in my life. I'm open to wherever you want to go. Now, would you tell me what I need to do to get there today? Today, I give you my plans. There's so many things all throughout Proverbs that, that speak to exactly this. In Proverbs 19, verse 21, it says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. We've got all these plans, but you know what actually happens? God's purposes. God's purposes. When our hopes are attached to our plans, hopelessness, frustration, disappointment. But when we go, God, what are your plans? His plans stand. And we can have hope because we can know that his plans will stand. Similarly, Proverbs 16, verse 19 says, It is better to be of a lowly spirit with the poor. No, that's not right. 16, verse 9. Sorry, sometimes it's hard to see up here. Uh, so that was another freebie for you if you went to 1619. So just, just take that for what it is. The heart of a man plans his way in Proverbs 16:9, but the Lord establishes his steps. Again, and then one, this is one of my favorites, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. This is far more promise and prescription than, when we, than we would even imagine. But Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So there's these three movements, right? We, we, we focus on the path. Is this straight? Is it easy? Where is it going? God says, no, no, no. I don't want you to make all those plans and focus on the path. I want you to, number one, trust me. Do you trust me? Do you know that I've got you? Do you know that I'm going somewhere? I'm taking you. I'm leading you. Okay, good. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. So many times we, we, we don't have any hope because we don't understand where this is going. We don't see how this could possibly work out. We don't have a solution, an idea, a plan. God says, do you trust me? Okay, then don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me. What, what does that mean? Okay, I'm about to go away. I'm about to take a step, Jesus. I, where is it? What is it? I got another step. In all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you. Which way do you want me to take this step? This way? Okay. There. And as you do that, as you actively choose to do that, God, what way do you want me to go now? What do you want me to do today? What are the plans that you have for me? Jesus promises that he will direct your path. I will guide you along this path if you just trust me for every step, Jesus says. You don't have to know the path. You have to know me. You have to trust me. You have to be willing to take it. So that's what we want to do. I want to be thankful for everything that I have. I want to open myself up to possibilities, and I want to exchange my plans for God's. I want to exchange my plans for God's. And then, finally, we can start to find hope. We start to see hope taking shape because hope is found in who we wait for and how we wait. The last thing that sometimes we will mean when we say hope is, oh man, we've been watching so much Star Wars in our, in our house, Mandalorian, it's been awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for George Lucas in Star Wars. Uh, but the very beginning of the very first Star Wars that was ever put out has Princess Leia saying, help us, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're our only hope. 
You're our only hope. Hope can mean something that we're waiting for, specifically a person or thing that may help save us. This is the only place that ultimately hope will come from. We've, we've looked, I have looked, over 2020, I've looked to summer as my hope. Summer's going to save us. Some of us have looked to politicians as our hope. When this person gets elected, then we'll, things will be Okay. We'll be saved. I've looked to times of the year. I've looked to vaccination as our only hope. No, hope is not attached to any of those things. Hope's attached to a person who we're waiting for. The only person, the only thing that can help save us. You know, I, I, I felt this again when I was hunting this year. Didn't get a deer. In fact, you know, well, I don't want to get into that. I don't have the time to. Um, <laughs> my hope, hunt, hunting, I, I love hunting. It's, it's a joy uh, to me. But it's also very real. Like, it's a provision. This is what we eat for the year. And I, I realize there are mires out there that we can get meat. You know, this, thank you, God, for the country that we live in. That these are, but we've got a huge freezer. And in November, I hope to fill that thing up that we eat that. And so when I go out there, I, I, like to, I like to do it, but I also, it's provision, you know? And so I'm sitting there and I'm going, I'm hoping, I'm waiting. All right, bring the deer, bring the deer. And all my hope is attached to a deer walking out of the woods. That's it. And, you know, in, it's, as, as the hours pass, as it gets colder, as the sun goes down, another day, another day, another day, you start to feel hopeless, and your posture starts to change. You know, the first day that you get out there, you sit down and you're like, I'm ready, you know. But over time, you, you start to lean back a little bit. You start reading a book. Maybe even fall asleep. I don't know what you do. But your whole posture changes. And you start to lose hope. And what I felt God doing is like, listen, I want you to be ready. I want you to position yourself. But I want you to actively look and not just actively look for the deer, because the deer isn't your hope. I want you to actively look for me. Sometimes we feel hopeless because we're actually waiting for one thing to happen, and it's just that. And we're so laser-focused on that that anything else that could happen, anything else that God could give, we, just, we don't even see it. It's not even on our radar. And so, of course, we can't experience it. We can't receive it. We don't feel thankful for it. But as I just, I, I just said, all right, I'm ready. And God, I am act, I'm not just sitting here waiting for a deer. I am actively looking for you. I started to notice all kinds of things. Sounds cheesy. Birds in the air. Silence. The wind in the trees. The time that I had. And I, I got thankful for those things. But first I had to stop putting my hope only in one thing. I go, all right, God, I'm looking for you. What are you doing? What did you want to give me out here? And it changed. Something changed in me as I was doing that. It didn't have to do with my circumstances, what happened, but it had more to do with what I was looking for. And in the book of Lamentations, I want us to, to finish off here. Lamentations is, is exactly what it, what it says. It's a lament. It's sad. It's mourning. It's crying out to God. Where are you? What are you doing? What's going on? 
And in Lamentations 3, I, I would encourage you to read the first part of this chapter because it's, it's saying, man, I, here's all of the horrible things, just thing after thing after thing that have happened to me. But we get to verse 21. Even, even in verse 20, it says, my soul continually remembers all of this bad stuff. But in verse 21, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Hope has something to do with what we call to mind, what we focus our attention and our eyes on. Verse 22, this is the this. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Do you know that you don't have to wait very long for the mercies of the Lord? That he actually is the most patient person. He's waiting to be good to you. He's waiting to be gracious to you. His mercies are new every single morning. We lose hope because many times we're, we're waiting for the wrong things. You don't have to wait for very long for God when he's what you're looking for. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Portion is exactly what I need, exactly what I longed for, exactly what I wanted, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Therefore, I will hope in him. What you're watching for, what we're waiting for, what we're praying for, that has a lot to say about where your hope is. As I think about that, if I'm feeling hopeless, maybe I'm waiting for the wrong thing. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm looking forward to, expecting, wanting the wrong thing. When the only hope that we have is right here waiting for us. Hopelessness will always say, there is no way. There's just no way. There's no way to get what I want. There's no way for what I expected or intended to happen to happen. But hope comes from knowing that there is a God who makes a way in all of those other things. As we close here together, I just want to pray Isaiah 40 over us. Would you bow your heads with me as I pray this? Isaiah 40, verses 28 to 31. says, have you not known? Have you not heard? And God, I pray for every person here that doesn't know, that hasn't heard. That there is a God. His name is Jesus. He is crazy about every one of us and he is here. Very present. Very close. Ready to be good and gracious to us. If we will hope in him. The Lord is an everlasting God. The creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. God, I just thank you that though we grow faint, though we grow weary, we come in here, many of us, tired, exhausted, burnt out, stressed out, overwhelmed, full of anxiety, ready to throw in the towel, quit, not sure where we're going to go, how we're going to make it, if we even want to. God, we're tired, but you are not. Thank you that you don't grow weary. Thank you that you don't grow faint. Your understanding is unsearchable. God, we understand, we know so little. So many things are beyond our control. But God, you know it all. You, you haven't lost control in this year. 
and you're still good. Father God, I pray these things. You give power to the faint. To him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall, be, shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. Father, I pray that we would wait for you today. That we would hope in you. We thank you for what we have. Be open to your possibilities. That we would exchange our plans for, for yours, God. And we would wait expectantly for you. Expecting your goodness to show up. And that as we do, God, you would renew our strength. Would you renew our strength here today? As we come to the end of 2020, as we look ahead to another year, would you renew our strength, God, as we hope in you? They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Father, you make a way. I pray today that whatever it is that's bringing hopelessness in our life, we would look to you and that we would hope in you and that you would renew our strength so that we could run and that maybe we would even soar to new heights, mount up on eagles' wings as we do, God, as you make a way and as we trust in you. If you want a prayer for anything, I just invite you to make, make this your time to sit in this song. Just hope. Go through those letters. Hope in him. Maybe you want to pray with someone. We'd be happy to do that. We have people right out those doors that would love to pray with you. If you're online, you know, or, or, or even if you're here and you're just not ready to do that right now, you can fill out a connect card. You can let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can be waiting on the Lord with you. We want to do that because I promise you, hopelessness comes from thinking there is no way, but we have a God who makes a way where there is not one. Thank you for listening to the Paradox Church Podcast. If you want more information about us or to just get connected, please visit our website at www.paradoxchurch.com. We would love to hear from you.